Well, usually, folks, here on the HLS podcast, we do a cold open that is usually some kind of a bit, some kind of funny, some kind of humor. I'm going to bring down the room a little bit for a second, because today I had a good friend of mine laid to rest. Um, Dr. Tom O'Grady, who I always knew as Tommy O, uh, unfortunately suffered from brain cancer, had a tumor, tried to operate on it. He wanted to be a surgeon. Unfortunately, that took away his ability to become a surgeon and recently took away his life. Uh, One of the best parts about Notre Dame is also one of the worst. We come from all over the nation. And once our time at Notre Dame is done, we end up all across the nation. And as we become grown up officially, start our careers, start our families, we don't get to see each other as much as we would really like. Uh, But our memories stay with each other forever. And I will forever remember Dr. Tom as Tommy O, somebody that always lit up the room, somebody taken from us way too soon. So with that all being said, been laid to rest earlier today. Tommy O, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and rain soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Rest in peace, my friend. You're going to be missed. And as always, fuck cancer. Welcome to another victory edition, uh, slightly delayed, but another victory edition nonetheless of the HLS podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me MD Tex. And as always, you can follow us live over on twitch.tv slash Sons. Give us a follow. That way you can make sure no matter when we go on the air, planned or otherwise, you will get a notice immediately. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you find your podcast feed that. Discord over at HerLoyalSons.com slash Discord. Of course, you can always find us at our home at HerLoyalSons.com. And with that being said, welcome in Shane. Shane, how are you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good. It's, um, I, we were, I was just lamenting with you before the show. It's like, man, it's, it's, this was week 10. It was. You know, like, it's been so good that it's flown by so fast. You almost like have to take stock and look back like, oh, shit, we won. Nine games straight already? Nine games already in the book. Three more to go. It is hard to believe we are at the end of this thing and really starting to seriously talk about the playoffs, potential future matchups. But, I mean, there is so much to talk about in Week 10. I am so glad because, folks, the reason why we're recording late is somewhere late in my drunken haze after my little high school party that I had. (laughs) Shane's like, I'm nowhere near a microphone. Like, are we cool with the like, Let's do this Monday night. How about that? Yeah. No. <laughs> and, and honestly, it ended up being the best thing because I was able to refocus, uh, sober up. Uh, there was a lot, and I mean a lot, that happened in college football this week. Yeah. So we're going to get into as much as humanly possible. So, Shane, let's say we get right to it. 
I say we dive in. There's a lot to get through. Yes, there's a lot to get through. And we are going to start with what was easily the biggest game. Number one, Alabama easily staking their claim. And we're all playing for second place. And we weren't kidding. 29 to nothing, the final. And it should be stated that Alabama went on the road at night into Death Valley and pants them. Yep. I mean, straight up. I'm sorry, like. Louisiana Lafayette scored points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like ah, I, yeah. They, I mean, it's it was a big old, it was a big to do night game. Death Valley is supposed to be the atmosphere. They put up this dope ass hype video that went viral for a second there, right before the game, and it was all intense and high, highly produced. And then they produced nothing. <laughs> you need to produce points at some point. Oh, yeah, uh, to attack of Aloha um, is sitting there getting his reservations ready for New York uh, to mm. claim what is likely going to be the first award for the tie this season. Uh, he is only 25 for 42. And I'm just think about most of your Alabama LSU games. There's usually not 42 passes freaking combined Total. in Damn. the game. But this was just him just shy of 300 yards. 295 has two touchdowns. Even he threw an interception. It happened. What? And it was one of those to where I saw, I was watching the highlight. I was watching on my phone, the Notre Dame game, and they were showing a highlight. And it was one of those where you just expected it to be a bomb for a touchdown because that's just what we're used to seeing. And LSU actually picked it off. Uh, but did it didn't matter. Did you see the played in the fourth quarter? He, ha- oh. <laughs> he probably didn't have to, but he did. And he, again, that knee is tweaked up because he rushed for his longest touchdown, had like a 40-plus yard rush. And yeah, then and and he was gimpy throughout the run. You could see him kind of uh, <laughs> favoring one of those legs. Yeah, and then all that, you know, Jalen Hurts comes in for a little bit of relief. Tagovailoa came back in. Uh, Damian Harris gets over 100 yards and a rushing touchdown on this one. And Jerry Judy, who, good grief, this guy is something yep. fierce. Eight receptions for 103 yards. Just an absolute clinic. And, oh, my God, we are all playing for second place, and it definitely feels that way right now. I mean, it's just, like, you know, every year there's the talk of like the gap, right? Like the Alabama gap, essentially. Like there's just a wide gap between them and the rest of the field. It's like somehow they managed to widen it, like almost double it now. It's, it's, it was already significant against all competition that they face, but now they just kind of feel like literally out of reach. They really do. And it's, it's on a completely different plane right now. It's crazy, but. One of the teams that are still left that they will meet in Atlanta because we do know what the SEC title game is going to look like now, even this early, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, the SEC East just, they said, we're, we're good. We're not trying anymore. Yeah. <laughs> fine. Well, th- there we go. Finally went over. We're yeah. having all kinds of issues right now. <laughs> Your video is still jumping. I'm pretty sure now it's me. So I could barely yeah. get to the next slide. But anyway, that is number six, Georgia, taking down number nine, Kentucky. And it wasn't even remotely close. 34 to 12, your final score there. A very weird score. But, you know, Georgia, they're starting to look a little bit more like Georgia now. And DeAndre Swift, 156 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Really, it really became a point to where uh, they said that their rush defense felt disrespected. So they held Benny Snell Jr. to just 73 yards, less than four yards a carry. And as good as Kentucky's defense is, they are not that good. Georgia clearly on a different level. And there you go. Book it for Atlanta, Georgia, Alabama once again. Yeah, it kind of feels like 
you know, Michigan's whole thing is the revenge tour, right? Like, it kind of feels like now that Georgia had that loss, that gross loss to LSU, now they're on their own little revenge tour. Not not really against anybody who slighted them, just about just against anyone who stands in front of them, basically. Right, yeah. Um, it's like, wait, well, hold on a second. Now we got no room for error. Let's not fuck it up again. Pretty much, yeah, reckless abandon. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't really call this game an indictment on Kentucky so much as a reflection of Georgia's uh, evolution. They're, they're, they're clearly trying to get to the next level. Um, they're, they know that they're in pole position now. They're essentially the last remaining bastion against an Alabama just you know, unchallenged, you know, dominance. And I feel like they feel some sense of responsibility against that. Plus they want to win. So, you know, it stands to reason. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and really, like you said, it's not really so much an indictment on a, sorry, I'm sitting here flipping around with discord settings. I'm trying to see if I can do anything right now. Um, but yeah, it really feels more of just, hey, this is the limit for Kentucky. And that's fine. Yeah. It's not like it's bad that, oh, well, you lost to Georgia. You're just a, a big phony here. No, 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 not quite. Uh, it's just you ran into a buzzsaw and you're just not quite there yet. And it's not that big of a deal. It's just no. more of a fact of you're like I said, you're just not at that level. It's it's Kentucky. Look, I mean, yeah. that, that's the other thing you have to keep into consideration here. Nobody was expecting Kentucky to do anything remotely close to this. So the fact that they even got to this game in the position that they were in really says a lot about Kentucky, in my opinion. So, you know, good on them. Honestly, good yeah. on them. I mean, dude, they, they just were, they were in the top 10. Like, that's I'm, I'm sorry, but by Kentucky standards, that's that's fucking massive. That's that's, that's unbelievable yeah. that they even got there. All right, well, let's let's go ahead and keep on moving. We got a couple upsets. We're going to go conference to conference, kind of. We're staggering okay. this a little bit different. So let's talk about a couple upsets in the SEC. Yep. Oh, Jimbo, how much you get paid for this loss? Oh, boy. Texas A&M 24, Auburn 28. And you know, I really don't know how to feel about this one in all kinds of different ways. I am extremely conflicted because I got a sister that goes, that's an Auburn, big Auburn fan. Family also mm -hmm. is Auburn fans by proxy. I'm an Aggie fan at heart, but I hate Jimbo. Mm -hmm. And I was between being really frustrated that A&M was completely fucking this up. There's no two ways about it. They yep. screwed the pooch in this one. Kellen Mond's throwing interceptions. And Auburn, a couple different times, are like, oh, well, we got a chance. Now nah, go ahead. Take it back. We'll give you another chance to run off the clock. And the this one, No, 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 no. We're not ready. Yeah. I mean, this went back and forth all the way through the fourth quarter. But at the end of the day, Auburn 28, Texas A&M 24, in just a brutal, brutal game to watch the end of. To where the mm -hmm. ultimate kick of the balls happened, to where AM fails, and then they're like, oh no, plays under further review. You have two seconds left to fuck it up again, Aggies. They give them another play. It doesn't go anywhere. And, you know, hey, I mean, my family was happy. I'm just like, well, that's a lot of money to pay Jimbo to lose a very frustrating game. And this is the kind of shit you thought you got rid of with someone. Yeah, when you give uh, Auburn three chances uh, on the final play, <laughs> um, they're gladly going to take all three. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what to make of A&M at this point. I mean, you know, I, I feel like the problem with identifying what Jimbo is doing at A&M comes with the new information that we now all have as a collective nation about Florida State and the condition, <laughs> he, left, and the condition he left that program in. Don't you think that informs your opinion of him as a coach a lot more than it did two years ago? I mean, just even considering the decline after 2014, like, Knowing how he how in shambles he fucking cut and ran from that ship um, to rent to Texas A and M, it kind of makes me question like, 
it doesn't seem like he's really married to what his work is, is supposed to be. It's more so that he does it for the paycheck, gets the fuck out of there when it's not convenient anymore. It's more of an honest Urban Meyer. <laughs> oh, we're going to get to him, too. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it definitely feels like that, that. You know, I mean, he definitely mailed it in at FSU. So yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens uh, as far as it goes. But uh, let's talk about another shocking game. This one mm. more so. Look, AM screwing the pooch, not that out of left field. Oh, well, Florida. Florida, what the fuck <laughs> happened to you? Missouri 38, Florida uh. 17. This game, folks, was in the swamp. Yeah, Milfi, yep. I, Jimbo's got the AM disease, or rather, AM's got the Jimbo disease. Yeah. Um, but goodness gracious, Drew Locke, welcome to the party. 250 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, Florida. What are you? What are you? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. I don't how understand did they? What they how are. did this team beat LSU? Yeah, you know that's a perhaps the most important question, but really that it, it that falls on the shoulders of another bigger question: Is Felipe Franks really anything? I don't like. There are times where he has good games like LSU, and there are times where he's clearly Felipe Franks. Like this one. <laughs> he, was, I mean? like, he was clearly Felipe in this one. I, I expect always that he's going to be a lot worse than he's supposed to be um, because he's proven that he's always. And then sometimes he has great games and it leads them to get to number 11. And then Missouri says, no, no, I'm sorry, uh, you guys were looking for who? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is wrong house. Wrong uh, house. Get yeah, out. That, that was cute, guys. Here, here we go. We're here to wreck your world. Absolutely. No, fuck out of here. All right. So, yeah, that's the SEC at a glance. Let's look at the Big 12, shall we? No, we have to. All right. Oh, Texas. <laughs> this is the Kansas State brand of Texas. This was, all right, one, this game was a lot of fun. Okay, let's let's go ahead and get that out of the way. This was a hell of a lot of fun. An absolutely beautiful shootout in which Will, Will Greer, at the very end, just throws an absolutely perfect pass for a touchdown. And then, God, God bless Holgo. He looks right at Will. You want to win the ball game? Let's go win the ball game. And go they go for it. they go for two. They get it not once, but twice because Herman comes running down the sideline to call a timeout. And West Virginia converted it. And then they went and converted another one on a very, yeah. very great call uh, for Will Greer to just keep it and take it in. Yep. Absolutely awesome game. Sam Ellinger was actually your top quarterback in this one, believe it or not. He threw for 354 yards, three touchdowns. Look, if there's anything that you could take out of this one for Texas is that they have an actual quarterback and his shoulder looks fine right now. But yeah. I mean, I was going to say the takeaway, I feel like from this game, aside from West Virginia, uh, Sam Ellinger, man, um, a lot. He's gotten a lot better. He's improving a ton, and he's showing that kind of like that Texas QB situation. Texas back, nah, but Texas got a quarterback, yeah, kinda. Yeah, Texas, I think they could potentially be getting there. Although Herman has shown, you know, a little bit of iffiness here and there. Yeah, um, a little bit. Really, the story here and the difference is West Virginia's rushing attack. You yeah, know, it's man. not like Will Greer had a bad game. He was only nine yards less through the air than Ellinger was, uh, about the same completion rate, but 232 yards on the ground total for yep. West Virginia, as opposed to Texas's 166. So that defense, you know, that was a big question mark for West Virginia. And clearly it's still a question mark in the Big yep. 12, but um, it was looking like Texas actually had one. Uh, I don't know if anybody really wants to play defense in the Big 12 at all. No. 
no, I mean, yeah, it, it's the famous what was the famous quote uh, from the Oklahoma uh, from last year in the, in the Texas Tech game. If we wanted to play defense, we, they'd leave the Big 12. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, speaking of Oklahoma, let's get to them because they damn near fucked it up against Texas Tech. 51 yeah, to 46, like, your final. Back to back years, record setting fucking performances, man. This, these, this, I don't know. I don't know if they have like a blood contract that we're not, we're just not allowed to see. Uh, but it's almost like Oklahoma and Texas Tech just be like, all right, bro, like, let's do this 100 points and break. All right. And yes, we have another shootout here, obviously. And in this one, we have not just over a thousand, over 1100 yards of total offense in this game. Oklahoma was 683, Texas yep. Tech with 473. And OU needed every bit of those 683 yards to come back in this one. Two early turnovers by Kyler Murray is really the difference, almost caused the upset in this one. But Oklahoma yep. clawed back in, and because Tech couldn't seal them off on the defense, that's how you had this game uh, looking the way it was. They actually were close to tying this one up at the tail end. Uh, so Oklahoma pulled away late, and Tech got a junk touchdown, and then th that was all she wrote. But there was a decent period of time where it looked like we might have another top 10 upset. So Oklahoma yeah, just Tech survives. Texas Tech jumped out to a 14-0 lead, and then uh, you know things got gross. But yeah, They had the lead uh, at the half, too. Yeah, yeah that's right. That. They were up three. All right. Well, now one way we really need to speed through. Let's talk about uh, the Big Ten. Oh, God. Yeah. Ugh, let's get out of here. Come oh, on. God. Flyover States. Let's go. All right. Hold on a second. Rant time. <laughs> All you motherfuckers that wanted to cheer for Michigan, I hope you're fucking happy right now because slowly but surely, it's like there's a few more people out in the college football media that want to say, well, you know what? Maybe yep. Michigan should be ranked above Notre Dame. So everybody that was worried about our fucking resumes can absolutely. This is what you've wrought. This Look is up. this is what you've wrought. Forty-two yeah. to seven, your final. Penn State looked hapless. I mean, there's just nothing else to it. I mean, yeah, it's Trace McSorley is still on that team. You know what I mean? Like he's still their quarterback, and he's and still he gimpy, and he's got pulled again. And he got pulled and looked pedestrian. I mean, he he was the only thing that seemed to be trying on that team. But I mean, they don't. That's that little seven you see there. That depressing ass single digit number they got next to their name. They only got that shit in the last two minutes of the fucking game because Michigan let them. This should have been a shutout. <laughs> this really yeah. should have been a shutout. Like if you're a Michigan fan, you're almost pissed off that. It wasn't one. And this stupid ass revenge tour where apparently you get revenge on anybody else that isn't in South Bend, Indiana right now. Yeah, right. Uh, I guess I guess the tour bus for the revenge tour got stuck in fucking Ann Arbor until week two. But anyway, yeah. this is the situation we're in. And look, all all seriousness, Michigan's probably gonna end up in the top four tomorrow. Now, yeah. if they're above Notre Dame, I'm just gonna laugh. I'm gonna have another ramp for all you people fucking cheering for Michigan again. But this Hey, Michigan's playing good football. If only there was a head-to-head -head matchup or maybe a common opponent that we played. Maybe we could talk about that later and see what if, some differences are. Oh All right. I'm, I'm not going to read any stats from this one. It was just gross. All right. Nebraska and Ohio State. Wow. Speaking of Urban Meyer, we've seen this movie before, and, and the health yeah. issues came out again before this, and I don't want to make light of it, but you even said it earlier, Shane. It's like, is he checked out? Is he just ready to be done with this? It feels like he's, you know, it's almost like that guy. He's like the guy that really, really wants to get out of the relationship, but doesn't want to be the one that, that, that does the breaking up. You know what I mean? Like, he's just kind of like, 
there's got to be something that can come up here. There's, there's got to be some out or, or something I can force her to say. You know what I mean? That, that, that I could use to get out of this. Because it's, it's, it just feels like he's, I don't know, like now that things are slightly shaky, he no longer wants to be part of it. Or he no longer wants to put his name in front of it. After Now that he's been called in on the shit, now he doesn't want to be, well, I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel great, man. I'm going to take a sick day. Yeah. It, God almighty. I mean, this was when Adrian Martinez is the top passer in this game after we were talking and, and you know, Haskins was lighting it up. Now, all of a sudden, it's like when the wheels fall off a little bit, they fall off in a big way because Ohio State, despite all the problems on defense, they shouldn't be hurting this bad without Bosa. Nebraska's no. decent, but they are years away from Frost rebuilding that into anything. Ohio State's at home. If this game had been played at Lincoln, Nebraska probably wins the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they had, they had, I mean, they, it was a, how many times did the lead change? Like six times in this game? I mean, Nebraska, it wasn't like Nebraska came roaring back and made it a tight one. Nebraska but, made Ohio State earn it. I mean, they had to essentially take it from the jaws of defeat. This game was 21 to 16 at the half. And then, yeah, and then Ohio State scores fourteen unanswered in the third, and then Nebraska starts coming back, and they look. T- Ohio State looked tired. They, they, yeah. they may, they still got an outside sh- shot and sneaking into the playoff. Depending if they can knock out Michigan, win the Big Ten title, they have a chance to sneak in there as a representative. Because we'll get to the Pac-12, and uh, things are not looking great there, to say Horrible. the least. Uh, yeah. But. They just don't look like they have it at all. And it's to the point to where I'm legitimately worried that Harbaugh may get his first win against Urban Meyer because (laughs) one team's going, and I hate to say this about Michigan, but one team's going up, one team's going this way. The other one is sinking like a rock right now, and it looks terrible. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's definitely like a, a, a nightmare scenario for someone like me to see Michigan succeed and prosper and do well and essentially be in the driver's seat for a potential playoff spot. But, you know, at the same time, like their defense is perhaps like the most incredibly dominant defense that's been seen since what, 2011 Bama, you know, like it's, it's kind of an undeniable thing. It's more so just that like, it needs to iron itself out. You know, like I suspect that if, if Ohio state holds its trends, it will, it will find a way to spoil shit for Michigan. And then the rest can just fall. Like, you know, whoever the fuck ends up at four can just be there as whatever the participant trophy member of the, of the <laughs> you, playoff. You were the you were the Bama sacrifice. Essentially, yeah. Like, thank you for coming. It's it's just fun to see someone die before we have our meal. So, if you would please <laughs> proceed the murder floor. Um, but you know, like I I just wait. I, 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 all I think all I can think is, well, Michigan may be looking good. It's just wait to see that Ohio State game because Ohio State may look shaky. But that's one of those games where it's like that you kind of throw those records at the window, as they say in the solid verbal. <laughs> I don't have a drop for that. Like no, the no, solid no, verbal. Okay. That's, their, that's their deal. Uh, all okay. right. Well, we're only going to mention that this happened because it was an upset and we had a slight blood week here. Uh, Purdue 38, Iowa 26. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, I'm just sad that Jeff Brom isn't going to stick around. I mean, like, I just wish we could see like two more years of this. It'd be fun. Yeah, because he he may be heading back to Kentucky over in Louisville. He may be going back home. I think all signs are pointing that way. Oh no, don't worry. We'll talk about. Oh, they can call it Papa Brom Stadium. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, moving on. Hey guys, Pitt is now in control of the ACC Coastal after they beat Virginia twenty-three to thirteen. Yep, first place in the Coastal. 
They're Yikes. probably going to be ranked on Tuesday. Yeah, isn't Virginia second? <laughs> they they were. <laughs> oh, God. This is so uh, weird. The ACC Doesn't it feel is, like the ACC is just a bunch of butts and Clemson? <laughs> Pretty much. But hey, here's the good part, because as far as Notre Dame's resume is going, we're going to get some surprise ranked teams. Pittsburgh yeah. is yeah. one. Yeah, Pittsburgh's one. Here's the other one. Syracuse may be a top 15 team by the time we face them. It depends yeah. on what kind of evil Clemson does to them this week. But 41 to 20. You're sweating. <laughs> yeah. 41 to 24, your final there. I mean, it was against Wake, but Syracuse is looking. It, it's one of those things to where now the playoff committee is like, well, we have to rank somebody 15 through 25. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the job that I wouldn't want is trying to figure out who 21 through 13 ish is. Like, really? Like, you could pretty much plug and play anybody in between. But yeah, Syracuse, man, they, they look legit. And it's all of a sudden making making that New York trip seem a little bit more and more ominous. Does it not? <laughs> man, if only we could play that game at home. Oh, and fun. holy shit, if it goes sideways, uh, no, man. Jack's you know, going to run. <laughs> needs as much exposure as possible because they really don't get a lot of opportunities to, you know, to recruit and to like put their brand out there. Yeah, and Dino, you should be more concerned with Syracuse than SC because we're not even going to cover SC in this show. Spoiler alert. That's how much their game did not matter against freaking Oregon State. All right, moving on. Boston College continues their winning ways, which is weird to see. Again, there's a number next to their name as well as they beat Virginia Tech 31 to 21. And man, Tech is just, what happened to you, Tech? I mean, they lost their quarterback. Well, they lost the Old Dominion and in the process lost their quarterback and therefore lost their season. That was basically it. Uh, yeah, just an absolute mess over there. And I'm going to throw in the old BVG emoji right now because. 77 to 16. Jesus. They're already dead. Yeah. So did you see the stat that in the history of the ACC, there had only been two 60 point performances and Clemson has already done as many this year. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And then, I mean, Jesus, I mean, I wish I wish I had watched more of this game just for the sideline shots. Like, I want that face, like, right into my veins. <laughs> I mean, how in the world BVG still has his job is beyond me right now. And ten different players scored a touchdown, including Dabo's kid. Yeah, yeah. That's how bad you got dunked on, BVG. The coach put in his kid that's a bench warmer just for him to get a touchdown. Yeah, stop, stop, he's already dead. Oh, this was just hilarious. And by the way, whenever Eddie tells you he's making a play and gambling on principle, do oh, not God. listen to him. If Fade you're gonna principle. If you're gonna participate in degeneracy, you're not principled on this. There you don't are say no principle. 39. Oh god, that was I'm like this spread could have been 50 and I would have taken it, and I still would have covered. Mm-hmm. Triple play all the way to the damn bank. Oh, my only regret in this game is BVG won't be able to make it to South Bend for his glorious return. I'm hoping against hope somehow he does, but he won't. No, he won't. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's talk about the Pac-12 for a hot second before we get into Notre Dame. (sighs) Wazoo, you're trying really hard to screw it up. Yeah. (laughs) 19-13 against Cal. At home. yeah, at home, it's they they remind me of I mean like 
Wisconsin, like the Northwestern tried to lose to Rutgers. You remember that shit? Like they, like three or like they, they only won like eighteen to twelve or some nonsense. This is exactly what that felt like. I understand that Cal is great on defense. That is an undeniable fact. But dude, like I mean, come on, Washington. I mean, you guys were in Pullman. Like you guys essentially, you know, like did do not recall two weeks ago when like everything was the shit. I mean, you guys are top eight, a top ten fucking team. Like. When was the last time? You know, act like you've been here before, which we know you haven't, but still act like you have. <laughs> All right, they're in uncharted territory. And look, kudos mm-hmm. to them. I'm wearing the shirt. Winning is hard. Yeah, yeah They yeah. came out with the win. Gardner Minshew and his beautiful, beautiful Uncle Rico stash comes through with the last second touchdown. And he throws for 334 yards in this game and the one touchdown that mattered. Uh, mm-hmm. But man, eh. I almost think that Leach is fucking with the entire Pac-12 at this point. Just I feel like, like he might be. Watch this. I'm going to make it look like we're going to lose to Cal. Watch this yeah. shit. Everybody's like going to lose their mind. Then I'm going to go into a press no, conference. Over like, it's, they think it's lemonade. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go walk into the press conference and say this is all bull- bullshit. It should be eight teams in the playoff anyway because I don't care. The podium he just drops his nuts on it. All right. Questions. I, I will not be surprised at some point if they ask him what he feels about you know, do you think you deserve to be number four? And he just looks at him. I don't want to play Alabama. Like a playoff <laughs> should be six teams anyway. We play the four seed. Like, <laughs> like how would you feel about Bama? No. no, 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 no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Give me some like some bye weeks and some martinis. We're good. All right. And, and Arizona State. Dino, uh, you can celebrate a little bit here. Herm's Herm's doing a little bit of work. And uh, Utah, as the solid verbal said, Utah's November. It's back in the, the how can they're worse than Notre Dame in November could ever dream of being 38 yeah. to 20 year final Arizona State wins at home. And <laughs> anybody want to win the South in the Pac-12? Anybody? No. You see, what happens is that the Pac-12 used to have their own like designer drugs landscape. And then Herm showed up with crystal meth. And said, <laughs> hey, guys. I've got this new fun thing and everybody else is just fucked now. They're all just hooked and they have no idea what they're doing. And they got to Utah. Those poor bastards. He's fucking Heisenberg. Herm's just saying they're <laughs> say my name. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm actually scrolling down because I'm trying to figure out heads and tails of this. Mm. Somehow, believe it or not, the Utes are still in control of their destiny. <laughs> the Pac-12 South. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's not surprising if you think about how shitty literally every other team is right now, except for Washington State. Yeah, and it's it's because SC lost the head-to-head, and then Arizona's right behind them. But you want to know who's right behind that menage a trois of weirdness? Fucking Herm <laughs> Edwards. Yeah, boy. <laughs> it is yep. not out of the realm of possibility that Herm could win the division. Yep. It's very, very possible. <laughs> do you think do you think Herm Edwards participates in the underwear run at Arizona State? I bet he does. There's not a chance in hell. I bet he does. Zero he chance. Does. Zero uh, point zero. I would put up. the mortgage on it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, because <laughs> UCLA and Colorado are both out of it. They're both two and four. Arizona is five hundred in division, but everybody else is only four and three. This the Pac twelve South is so fucked up right now. <laughs> The whole Pac-12 is it is 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 it, dude. Washington State is their only hope. 
What year is it? What? And, and you just know the Apple Cup, Washington's going to beat them. <laughs> oh, of course. It's going to be like 40 to 10. And it's going to be like, nothing makes sense. Everything is dumb. Why do we have this conference? Power five, my ass. Speaking of nothing makes sense, everything is a little bit dumb. Let's go ahead. Oh, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened there. Well, that was supposed to be just tweets firing off. So I got everything going crazy right now. Anyway, so live. We're here live. 31 to 21, your final. Notre Dame goes into a road game. Quotes use over into Northwestern. Boy, did it look like a post-Navy hangover in the first half. Yeah. um, I mean, I didn't watch the first half, unfortunately. but uh, Uh, I wouldn't say unfortunately. Yeah, but from what I could tell, it was quite fortunate. Um, I, I understand that. <laughs> so Notre Dame fumbled on uh, the, the first possession. Yeah. Uh, Can we and, cut that shit out? And then, and then water was also wet. Um, yeah. It's, it, it, that, doesn't that feel like the thing kind of in this back half of the season is that first drive is the gross one? It used to be that that was the cleanest one, and that was the kind of the difference with Wimbush. Is the first drive was the always the one that's like, oh, they scored, they could do it again, and then they never did it again. Now it's like, no, no, no. Like I, I just, I, I'm sorry, my my, my hammies, just give me a second. Oh shit, oh my bad. And then they fix it. <laughs> yeah, and in this one, I mean, Notre Dame should have had the lead at the end of the first half. There were a couple things that went haywire. The biggest one was a drive in the red zone in which. I swear we're the only team that gets flagged for the fucking pick play. But oh, yeah. it happened again. And that yep. knocks Notre Dame out of the red zone. And then you misses the field goal. Yes. An unbel- we're not great. <laughs> if I remember right, it was ended up being fourth and goal from the 25 or some crazy shit like that. Yeah. And I, I, I want to preface all of this stuff first by saying, isn't it funny how we have to talk about wins now? We like they were losses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this didn't feel like a loss. It was just a gross first half. I mean, it was no, just like we just pick it apart. And it's like all the shit that we would have said in a loss in a hopeful tone. Like, ah, it's improving. But now it's like, ah, that's not good enough. No, and instead, I, we're like, I'm really concerned that the all time leading scorer at Notre Dame and one of the most accurate kickers we've ever had just doesn't look right right now. Yeah, he really doesn't. That groin is a, a thing. Yeah, so I mean, it was, and I was able to to watch the majority of it. I was getting yelled at the whole time by Mrs. Tex. Stop checking your phone. Stop checking your phone. I'm like, well, if they would pull their heads out of their asses, I wouldn't have to check my phone. It would be fine. I don't want to check my phone right now. So we get set up. So just for everybody's reference, the reason I was not sitting down watching this game as well as watching LSU Bama was because what ended up happening was uh, I was at my 15 year high school reunion. Uh, but on Saturday they do a homecoming concert It's something they do every year. So there was a fucking Bon Jovi tribute band there and an awesome band that ended the night called the spasmatics, which if they're ever in your town, freaking go. It was the most entertaining show I've been to in a long time. It was beautiful. It was like backer the band. That's all you need to know right there. That's the best way to describe it. But anyway, we're, we're at uh, Gillies in Dallas, which is really a country honky tonk. And it was almost like out of place. And it was basically, and the homecoming is like a big fundraiser. You got a bunch of rich ass people kind of like in the, the dancing pit with a bunch of tables. So the rest of us, you know, plebs are around the little corner bar. So I'm sitting there. Notre Dame's just doing whatever the hell. So I'm like, you know what? Could put the phone right there and just sit there and watch the game and just get the nastiest look from Mrs. Hex. Like, this is supposed to be right for us. I'm, like, I'm still paying attention to the band. We're still having fun. We're still dancing around here, but I'm going to do both. I'm, yeah, we're going to do both. So I have the entire second half on. 
And as soon as the Bon Jovi cover band comes on, Notre Dame starts pulling their head out of the ass. And this is a long story that has nothing to do with the actual game to get to this point. We're actually making second half adjustments and they look good. Yep. Yep. Not just, not just, not only are they adjusting, but Ian Book is figuring out the defense's situation in about a quarter and a half on average. Like about that, that long into the game, it takes him to really get his feet underneath him. But by the time the second half rolls around, he's essentially figured the shit out and he's, and, and essentially makes them prove that their concepts don't work and makes forces them to change shit up. And that's you, to me like it's astonishing to watch. Like he, it is. he takes him no time to figure that shit out. And and it started with the and right now it looks like you know Virginia Tech it started slowish and then Notre Dame ran away with it. Pitt was gross for a long time and then Notre Dame finally pulled away. Navy looked a little bit gross early, but they were outmatched. Uh, and you know here in Northwestern, I mean they came to play, and this is a team. If you remember, like we made the joke about a common Notre Dame, Michigan opponent, lest we forget Michigan went into the half 17 to seven trailing. Yep. Notre Dame did not trail in this game. It looked gross as hell. It looked awful. It looked like something we'd sooner rather forget, but they did not trail in this game. Not once it, it, so it was a good solid win and you can see why Notre Dame and Brian Kelly hired ship long. This yep. dude, now that we've unlocked the offense, it's clear that now you have too many options to cover. He just needs to figure out how to properly deploy them if, if based on what he's facing right now. So, and, and yeah, Dino points out Michigan only one by three. Notre Dame, once again, seven points better than Michigan. Yep. And apparently, uh, Milfie was at this game. So uh, a lot of my old otters uh, were out there uh, as well as some wild woman for Walsh. And uh, thank you again, ladies, for your donation to Extra Life. Highly appreciate it. Um, so he said that they couldn't get in and most of the fans missed the first quarter because they locked every gate on the West side and started moving people around to the opposite end of the stadium to actually get people in. So the group had 10 tickets together. And so this makes sense because Milfi admitted me to the text message group for whatever reason on there. And I was like, how are they not at the game yet? Because it was all these texts of where's everybody at? Where's everybody at? Now it makes sense. Only seven, seven out of 10 people in their group missed the first scoring drive. Wow. Good what job. Northwestern. Not expecting a crowd. I know it's weird that people showed up to watch a game. Unreal. Unbelievable. <laughs> what kind of assholes? Yeah, so I'm guessing most of the stuff over on the the west side was where most of the Notre Dame fans came in, particularly. 20 minutes for the bathroom? Not past. How? My God. That's when you pee on a wall. What? I don't know, man. Like That's the thing about going to games sometimes. It's like, really, though? <laughs> I mean, I could have a house and a good view, and this bathroom's like four feet away. <laughs> and it was, I mean? it was cold, it was rainy, and it was at Northwestern. Yeah. Um, all right, but I mean, all that aside, look, and we got to say at the end of the game, as living on a prayer is being played by this Bon Jovi band, yeah. as the song winds down, Ian book rips off the cover touchdown, by the way. Yeah, absolutely beautiful there. Um, that play was such a thing of beauty. It was to the point where, uh, cause there was some people around uh, from my class who and my wife, I'm like, watch this play, watch this play. This is fucking incredible. Yeah. Just watch the entire defense crash down to the right and book just way by everybody at the left. Yeah. One tight end, just drag right all the way across the, the, the formation, get one little bit of a rub there on, on a defender. And just, it was freeze clear, clear, 
free and clear from there to the end zone. I mean, it was he could have like he could have done a dance if you wanted to. I kind of wish he had done a little bit of like a Michigan J Frog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot to make fun of Herman for that. He wanted the two point conversion overturned because uh, Greer high stepped in the end zone beyond giving the horns down. Yeah, because apparently like, I that's want a nice convenient penalty. Yeah, yeah, because apparently that's an unsportsmanlike. You know what, motherfuckers? <laughs> Throw that flag every single time. Fifteen yards, well worth it. Anyway, so yeah, it it was it was a great job overall by the Irish. It was gross. It was ugly. Post Navy usually is gross and ugly, and it typically ends up being a loss, especially one on the road. So mm-hmm. it has to go to San Diego. They get back into Notre Dame. Go over. Thankfully, it's a short trip, but they're bussing yeah. that one. They're not on a nice charter flight. They're busting that because it's easier to do that. I almost guarantee that's what they did there. So, I mean, they played not great, but they were tested and they came out on top. And even though I I will be honest, I wasn't sitting here like, oh, I have no panic. No, I was fucking panicking because you you fuck it up at at the first half and it's gross. And then there's the when the block punt happened. That was a huge moment. Like that was when everything, like all of the buttholes clinched. Yeah. And then Notre Dame, it looks like they stopped the quarterback sneak on fourth down. And you're like, blow the fucking whistle, blow the whistle. He stopped. How many people were going to let try to shove him forward on a fifth effort. And BK (laughs) was bitching and moaning about that. And I don't blame him, but thankfully none of that mattered because typically that's when we have to come in here and we sit here and look at all these little things that went wrong. And by God, they went wrong, but Notre Dame still won the football game. So you just yep. you, you take it and say, holy shit, we need to clean that up. But I'm telling you what, the special team shit needs to stop. I, I don't understand no. how it's getting this bad. I I want to. Un- I mean, I guess if from a practical standpoint, there aren't a lot of options in terms of why Dora is still doing kickoffs, because clearly Yoon is not there. And that's a huge that is a huge strained motion that would instantly re-aggravate a groin injury. Like, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Well, like, what the fuck is, is the coaching not doing? Or, like, what are they not addressing? I'll, I mean, I understand that the shape of a concave weird or whatever the fuck football shape it is. <laughs> I understand that it's weird and there's a physical element to the pointing. But, dude, like, you're going to tell me, like, 129 other motherfuckers can do it, but you can't? Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't understand you at this point. It's, it's always something. And, and how many more starters do we have to put on special teams to clean it up? Because that's a risk in and of itself. Yep. And yeah. look, the coverages have been better. And thankfully, right now, somebody needs to explain why teams are not taking shots in Notre Dame's kickoff return. Thank you for fair catching everything, you fucking idiots. Yeah, the, the coverage was, is terrible. There was even one that was fair caught. It looked like it was going to go out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> caught, he fair caught it like the three. <laughs> and it was going to go out of bounds. So it, it, it's concerning. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's a little thing, but... If we are going to get to the point, and again, knocking on wood here, if we get to the point where we have to face a Clemson or an Alabama, you can't. You have to have everything go right, and yeah, you can't. You can't be giving these little mishaps. Let's even think. How many times have you know talked about amongst your friends of Wow, would the 2012 championship game been a little bit different if that muff punt that Alabama had? had actually stayed a muff punt and Notre Dame had a chance to score. Could have completely changed the face of the football game. Now, Alabama may still have won that because they were a hell of a lot better than Notre Dame. Let's be perfectly (laughs) honest. But it's one of those things where if you want to be the one doing the upsetting, you you can't do that. 
And yeah. that that's just what is going to absolutely take all the wind out of your sails. I mean, heck, the last time we actually played Clemson, same shit. You, you, you're charging your way back into the game, but you fumble a kickoff return. And, th- and then you're trying to hope that you can do a two point conversion at the end of the game just to tie it up. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's funny to think that, I mean, if you really consider, if you take a moment, step back, like look back to like the era of like 2011 when, you know, when the like, Champ Sports Bowl, they put Michael Floyd back there to return a kick because they literally couldn't return shit <laughs> all season. <laughs> I mean, like, what, the problems that are that Notre Dame is experiencing are much less, um, I guess, risky or damaging. I guess would be the word. Um, than not being able to to, re- to actually answer and get room and 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 create blocking on special teams. The problem is that, like, that guy, the the kicker is dependent on to do more than just that. Especially mm-hmm. if you're if you're replacing or if you're filling in for your injured star you know, literally like all time leading scorer. It, it, it calls into question all the coaching because there's such a wide inconsistency in so many facets of what the special teams are supposed to be doing. And I feel like that's the problem. Like Brian Polian clearly is an outstanding ensemble recruiter. He can definitely get everybody in place for what the ultimate design is. But like as a coach, what, what are the problems? Like what, what, what are the failings? Cause it feels like there are failings there. It, it does. And it's, Wildly inconsistent is a good way to put it because um, in the same game, you have Fink have one of the best punt returns we've seen that Notre Dame make almost yep. since Floyd almost damn near. And yeah, he almost had the touchdown there. And hey, look, you give that offense a short field. Good things happen. Surprise, surprise. Yep. Uh, but it, it, you have these wildly inconsistent errors and it's it's just frustrating to watch is the bottom line. And there's there's got to be a better way to do some of this stuff. And you just really hope Notre Dame can put it together. Uh, on the special teams, it's like they kind of have it halfway figured out, but it's just like in this one, BK said, well, somebody released early. Well, how in the hell do you have that happen? Like, how do you yeah. not know that Northwestern is coming after this thing? And yeah. how are how are you not just having the block a little extra, a little bit longer? Because even if you release early, what good are you doing? You're stopping exactly. maybe a few more not- yards on a return. Like that that should not be the reason why you're giving up punt returns or uh, giving up block punts. And they're lucky that damn near wasn't a touchdown too. the block punt. I, I was certain was absolutely certain that was just going to get scooped that return for a touchdown. And then like everything was just going to go to shit from there. The fact that there, it bounced out of bounds, I feel like was a blessing in disguise in that there was a chance to like, all right, we got to gain our bearings before they just hit. They punch this in because we know they're going to. Let's just try to, you know, fight this. I well, guess. And they yeah. had to bleed clock. I mean, it went all the way to a fourth down. So, I mean, right. it, you got to give Notre Dame defense all the credit in the world. Again, they came and played an absolutely fantastic game. Drew Tranquil's a fucking robot. I cannot believe he was I, out there I, at all. I don't understand that human's body. Uh, I, I would love to study it for science because I feel like there's a step of evolution that we're ignoring there. <laughs> but five combined sacks in this game. Yeah. Six tackles for loss. Zero. Un- unbelievable just absolutely fantastic and yes Notre Dame sag zero and I do want to give the offensive line a tip of the hat yes they were far from dominant yes the rushing stats don't pop out at you but when it mattered and Notre Dame had to kill the clock on that drive where book got the touchdown it wasn't just that play that that magical magical play from book Dexter Williams just finally it's like five yards six yards every single time like clockwork Yep. So that line's coming together. And the thing is, 
is Notre Dame. It, it's the it's the slow cooker. It's the smoke. Eventually, they're going to wear you out and they're going to wear yep. you down. And you're not going to be ready to handle them when it comes time for Notre Dame to run out the ball and run out the clock in the fourth quarter. And that's exactly what happened in this one. And, and you know, Dex only ends this game with 56 yards. It, it felt like he got all of them on that drive. Yeah, I mean, it kind of <laughs> did because didn't he have? He only had like thirty yards for like the first two and a half quarters, and then all of a sudden he gained like seventy or, or, or like another thirty in the, in the third, and all of a sudden it was he was over sixty. But they weren't running the football, so but but, but they were able to do it uh, to do it when it counted. They were, and the defense again they held Northwestern to I believe it was three point six yards per play. Which is just insane. And if if Northwestern doesn't get that block punt, eh, this game doesn't even look close at yeah, all. No, I exactly. mean, Nor- Northwestern couldn't keep up with Notre Dame. There was only one drive that looked really, really bad for the defense, and it was in the second half where they just gave up some huge chunk plays, something that they typically don't do. So imagine if that drive doesn't happen either. Yeah. Just I mean, I mean, how, how many accolades can we throw at this defense right now? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, kudos to Notre Dame defense. They're, oh, well, thank you, Politic, for the follow. Um, Yeah, I mean, they're playing absolutely fantastic football right now, the defense. And that is the one when you have, and we've said it so many times, when you have a defense that does this, you're not afraid to try to run the ball into a brick wall a couple of times to give the other team some body blows. You're not afraid to throw the ball deep a few times and maybe have it shoot a drive in the foot. And you're even not afraid to have your special teams fuck it up every now and then. Because yeah. like, oh, the defense will bail us out. Now, you don't want to sit there and and <laughs> and take it for granted. But nope. it's like every time the defense does the bailout, the offense comes right back and says, thank you for helping us. We're, we exactly got your back. It. And it's the, exactly it. it's the turnaround on the following drive that I think is the biggest thing that has differentiated this team from previous versions of the Irish. There is no member of a symbiotic relationship that isn't pulling their weight. You know, and that that's the thing. Like, if if it's if the moment of pressure is on the defense to deliver, the offense thanks them in kind, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Absolutely, it used to be too often that there was only one strong unit, and we know sure as fuck that it wasn't the defense <laughs> for the longest time, or the pass rush for that matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, Brian Van Gorder existed. That's all you needed to know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the now, now it's one of those things where like, there isn't, you, you almost, it's almost weird to technology. You don't really doubt that the offense will figure out what their part is when the defense comes through almost every time. Yeah. And the other thing we need to mention in this one, Northwestern, I got to tip my hat to you. You pulled a miracle. You mm. somehow committed zero penalties on the entire night. Oh, did they fucking ever? Oh my God. And look, the, I know the we announcers could, couldn't stop sucking their dick about it. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, they're the, the least least amount of penalized team in the nation. Well, trust me, there was some fucking penalties there, and it wasn't just the holding. Very early on, yeah. there was a obvious, super obvious pass interference that just went uncalled, too. And yeah. I love being able to bitch about refereeing and penalties when you win by fucking 10. Yeah. Because it helps so much more. But yeah, Notre Dame penalized eight. For 58, Northwestern zero for zero. No. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. I mean, I, I don't know what what referee somewhere got, uh, I don't know, like what, what what kind of money he put down. They're like, yo, man, like watch Northwestern, least penalized team in the nation. You guys are going to see this year. And I was like, dude, shut up. What's wrong with you? And he goes, 
Um, yeah, because like they really, really made a point of driving it home. Look, this is the least penalized team in the nation. Want, want, want me to prove it? Look how many penalties they have today. Stop watching the tape. Shut up. Turn that off. No, look away. Just trust my zero for zero. You don't have eyes. You don't need those. They're just no penalties. One of these it days, was- Julian Aquara is going to have an offensive lineman get flagged for holding multiple times, and then he's going to murder a quarterback. He's just going to eat them. He's just going <laughs> to eat the quarterback, and he's going to st- sit there, and he's going to get a flag for un- unnecessary roughnesses, and he's just going to keep eating until someone pulls him off. <laughs> it, it, it's almost like somebody goes up to the offensive lineman that's that's up against Aquara. It's like, look, just do whatever you need to do, because yep. if you don't, your buddy's going to die back there. Yeah, please, please. His life depends on your on your will. Yeah, and despite all that, Okora still gets a sack in this game. You still did it. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's like it's pathetic that they have to just work through it, and that nothing's being done about it to the point where like Brian Kelly sends like you know he sends tape of all of, all the missed calls he thinks uh, happened during the game to the referees. Like he, I bet like, a couple weeks ago he had to send like six different plays, mm-hmm. and he's done this every week and still nothing. I mean, like. It's one of those sad realities, I guess, but like, come on, like, it's so fucking obvious. Like, yeah. really? It, it's it, again, when a team does not get flagged at all, like, there's no team that plays a perfect game like that. That's you, a red flag. Yes, it is. It is a huge red flag. Uh, the, the famous quote is there's a holding on every play of football, there's just the stuff that's not called. Like, right. it, it's there if you want to find it. And, and I'm not saying Notre Dame doesn't get away with calls either. That's what happens in football. It's, and referees are imperfect. Somebody's going to get away with it. But yeah. never does it stick out like a sore thumb like it did in this one. Oh, obvious. It was unbelievable. But again, despite all that, Notre Dame still wins by 10. Yep. Still pull it up. And, and, and I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, I felt comfortable. But I, during the game, it was it was pretty puckered up. Yeah, and I, I think once Book finally uncorked that long pass to Michael Young, which, oh, God, that was so beautiful, that 47-yard strike. Hell yeah. Uh, it, it was like, okay, they got this. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> I mean, I was I was still a little nervous because, and it was mostly because the rushing attack hadn't done anything, but once I saw yeah. them going, I was like, they may have something here. And yeah, then once- When Miles Boykin caught the pass at the highest point possible for a human, uh, <laughs> You kind of knew it was like, all right, I feel good about this now. You know what? The one other thing we have to talk about is going for it on fourth down. Like it's nothing. I And it's not even a second thought right now. The offense like, yeah, we can get three yards, whatever. What's the play? Nobody blinks. The punt team doesn't even move. Kelly isn't even look like he's thinking about it. They're just trying to figure out what play they want to run. Because when you got an RPO offense, it's actually working it's navy like because you get four downs, bro. Yeah, you're you're gonna you you gotta be able to, if the offense is working right, you can find three yards. If you yep. can't find three yards, you probably fucked up somewhere. It's yeah. very rare that somebody's gonna cover an RPO perfectly every single time, especially when you outsize the entire secondary with every damn receiver that you have. Exactly. Six three and up, bitch. Yeah, you got Claypool, you got Boykin, and then you got Fink that could slip underneath somebody too. There's just too many deadly options to cover. And it, again, we've we've gushed about it so many times, but it is so great to see Book running this offense and being able to uncork all of that. Awesome well, stuff. So with all this being said, Notre Dame is still likely going to be in the top four. They should be number three, all things considered, but who knows yep. what's going to happen. If the playoff committee wants to make another point, let them make their fucking point, whatever. Sure. I, I don't even care at this point because it's the last one that matters. The whole team seems to be repeating that ad nauseum, so 
Perhaps it's sinking in, which is fine. Because Notre Dame just has to take care of business. They take care of business. They're in. And it is insane to think that this is the same team that only won four games two years ago. And they were sniffing a playoff spot last year. And this year, they're in the damn driver's seat for one. And not only that, they're facing teams to where it's unbelievable. We can say, well, you know what? Syracuse is the scariest game at this point. And I don't want to dismiss Syracuse because they got a deadly offense, but they don't have much of a defense. They're not that there could be much scarier options that Notre Dame could face, but they passed every single test so far. And it's been fun to watch. There's just no two ways about it. It makes it, it makes it feel like the four and eight season was what you would have had had they had fired Brian Kelly and rehired him by accident as another name as, <laughs> as, as Brian Coley. Right. <laughs> And Brian Coley's first season, man, four and eight rough. He's rebuilding. They got to get there, you know, <laughs> but his second season, holy shit, 10 wins. All right. He's shown some promise in the third season. The cliche holds. Here he is. Driver's seat to the championship. Yeah. You just hope that he can keep, uh, he can keep the assistance together a little bit longer than the season. That's, that's Brian, really the biggest thing. Brian Coley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think Shane, that, that about does it for us. What do you think? Yep. Yep, I'm good, man. All right. Well, we will be back here. And yes, it will be on time Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern. And on November, sec- uh, November 7th, not 2nd, um, <laughs> I'm going to be doing one uh, additional bonus stream. So uh, in Mass Effect, the little group that Shepard belongs to, the military group is N7. So November 7th is a fun little Mass Effect holiday. We'll have a little bonus stream after I'm done with Eddie. And uh, I want to give a big shout out to everybody that's donated so far because, Shane, right now we have capped $2,000. we are over $2,000, which is what nice. we raised last year. So we are, we are halfway to me having a porn stash or looking like Guy Fieri. Oh, boy. I cannot wait. Well, we're, we're halfway there. We're, we're still living on a prayer right now. Okay. So we got to get there. It, we, we still, yes. I hope we make it. I want to make it. And uh, mm-hmm. Team Limit Break Radio, which I belong to, had has capped their $5,000 goal. Let's see if we can't keep it going. So extralife.ndtext.com. If you want to do donations, check it out and watch. Uh, there'll be another stream on Friday as well. But hey, with that all being said, folks, thank you so much for joining us live here on twitch.tv slash Sons. You can make sure to join us Wednesday and Thursday, 9 p.m. for the picks and the preview. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you find your podcast feeds at. Come join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel, HerLoyalSons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us at our home at HerLoyalSons.com. Let's keep going. We should win them all at this point. Go Irish. Beat Seminoles. Y'all have a good one.